I'm no longer bound, I'm no longer chained, I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free, and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Welcome to Be the Light with Pastor Zakir Robinson. In this show, I had the pleasure to interview Pastor Will, and we had a great talk about what it's like to be a pastor's kid. He also talked about his struggles, some of the things he turned around and got into as a pastor's kid. But guess what? We all have a journey and our journey is always different from someone else's. But at the end, you can still be used. So let's tune in to hear Pastor Wheel's journey. My name is Freedom. Freedom. Welcome everybody to Be The Light. How is everyone out there doing today? Today, I am interviewing Pastor Will. Pastor Will, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. And so, um, as we know, we have journeys. We all have a testimony and we all go through things in our life. Sometimes it's things that we're not happy about or sometimes willing to share. But we do know that when we're given our testimonies, it can free others. And also what I learned about um, giving my testimony is that it actually helped me to become free myself because it's like a lot of times we hide behind what we have done in our past. And it's one of those things where the enemy, he don't want us to open our mouths. Even God's word says about a word of our testimony. That can set others free. And so, and that's what we're going to be talking to Pastor Will about. Pastor Will, where exactly are you located again? I am in uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Texas. You know what? I've been meeting a lot of people in Texas lately. It's starting to make me think like, God, what are you saying? (laughs) Am I going to end up in Texas? (laughs) You're like the third person within like a month span. And we're actually, me and my husband is going to be visiting um, a pastor there Actually, we the last interview I just did is from Texas, Houston, Texas. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah. So we're going to be visiting them soon. And so um, when we, we I'm going to start talking about your testimony, what exactly you think it was like when it came to growing up? OK, I don't know how it was for you growing up. How was that? Listen, uh, I am a complete preacher's kid a straight up pk from like top (laughs) to bottom i grew up in um the church of god in christ you know Mm -hmm. first first parts of my life and then my dad had uh left that covering and joined church of god in christ international there's two church of god in christ this is one uh incorporated which is the more popular one okay Uh, and then there's church of god in christ international and so when my dad broke off he went there uh under his and went under the leadership of uh, Bishop John H. Davis, who's passed away now, but uh, he was the Lord. The Lord has spoke to Bishop Davis in a dream to make my father a bishop. So my dad became a bishop like around ninety nine. As he was, uh, he was consecrated in October of nineteen ninety nine, and I just remember like you know from being a PK, it just like went to another <laughs> level. You know, it's like it got worse. And the more the higher my dad went, the worse I, the more I didn't want to be. Uh, have anything to do with church, but I grew up in church uh, playing the organ. First, it was drums. Then I kind of, you know, made that transition over to keys, and we know how that is. And right. then uh, anybody can almost play drums, right? But it takes that one person <laughs> to like, who's gonna sit down and focus and learn how to what's A flat, what's B flat, you know? So um, growing up in church, it was just, it, you know, you think it, you it was, was kind of. Sh- I'm about to say, do you think you was uh, trying to run from the church? <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I never, I never intended, I never intended on being a pastor. I never intended on preaching. I never intended at least the only thing I entertained was being saved. <laughs> that Amen. was it. We would get saved. You know, we would get saved as kids. We, we get saved every Sunday. You know, like my, my dad is like, you better be on that altar, boy. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so. And so was what it. was your mom's role in the church? Just first lady? Did she um, like lead a women's group or anything like that? No, so my mom was like, "That's I, I'm, it's funny that you asked that because thinking about it, it's the first time I ever thought about it. Just I felt like that question was coming and just thinking about it. My mom didn't really do anything in the church. She was just okay. first lady <laughs> and she worked and that was it. Like to be like, that was it. That's all I remember her doing. She didn't yeah. she didn't lead any type of groups or anything like that, but she could sing. Okay. So she would sing. She would occasionally do praise and worship, you know, here and there. Um, and then. Yeah, that was it. She just was pretty on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'm doing my part. I'm sitting right here next to my husband. <laughs> right, right, right. And so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that um, encountered as a, you know, young believer. What were some things that you end up getting into where you were just like, man, that was just a wrong choice? Oh, uh, man, so many things. Uh, I remember growing up with my cousins, they used to think that I was snitched because we had we had this whole <laughs> thieving ring going on so we didn't steal from people we didn't steal from family we didn't steal from nobody like that we only stole from stores right <laughs> and it was crazy because it wasn't like we were poor like right. we pretty much average middle class even uh with my dad raising me uh as a single father because my parents split when um around the time after he became a bishop uh you know and, and you'll probably get into it. I'm pretty sure you probably asked the right questions to get back around to it. But uh, uh, watching my mother be abusive, you know what I mean? So like that's how we that's how I ended up. I always wanted to be with my dad. I love my mom, but I always wanted to be with my dad. And so mm -hmm. uh, just growing up, I remember uh, we had like this little thieving ring. We would just walk to the store all the time because my grandmother would send us to the store all the time. So mm -hmm. it started out with like candy, stuff like that. And then it ended up going into CDs uh cd players see my kids don't know nothing about you know dvd players and right. and <laughs> and cd players and mp3 play i'm not talking about ipods i'm talking about the mp3s you know right uh, with the regular headphones that that were smaller <laughs> than these and you know before they got cute with the little earbuds you know <laughs> that era and um we just got into it man. and and um it just it became a thrill. It wasn't that we didn't have the money. I'm pretty sure that my dad would have never forked over the money to buy an Aaliyah CD or R. Kelly CD. He never that part. Never, never, never. <laughs> so I had like a whole stash of like secular music. I mean, I had Snoop Dogg's Last Meal album. I had I, I could tell I had the R. Kelly album that I had was TP2. The one, I wish I wish I, I, I had all of these CDs and and uh um and my dad, I remember my dad finding them and he, he just with one hand, well, with both hands, he literally crushed them, wow. split them in half. I don't know where that strength came from. <laughs> the Holy but Spirit. He was just like, yeah, I, he was like, you will not bring this into my house. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> and um, the way it was found is my uncle, he was dancing in the bathroom. <laughs> and and I hid it behind the wall like there was this other like pre-cut out piece of uh drywall uh -huh. and he was dancing and I had a CD player I'll never forget it, it was a black CD player with a fire with a uh, fire uh print on the front and he was dancing or shouting in the bathroom and he heard something fall 
in the wall. <laughs> he stuck his hand down there and he found it. And all my cousins would think that I would be snitching on everybody that was stealing. But I was like, I ain't never said nothing. And my dad, his discernment was so strong. He was just like, whatever you're doing, you need to stop. Mm. And that was before he even discovered a CD or a CD player. Wow. And then moments when he would ask me, I didn't really like to lie to him because I knew he always kind of knew when I was lying. So I just wouldn't say nothing. I just ignore him, you know. And, you know, so it, all in all, growing up, I even had my ears pierced. I pierced my own ears. I was trying to fit in. I was, right. I was, you know, I remember starting, I started cussing and I only knew how to cuss because, you know, rap, right? Like right. rap was my influence. So I, I learned how to cut you because you, it's, it's, you got to know how to cuss when you cuss. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just be out there doing it right. <laughs> exactly. So, so I learned a lot of things, you know, um, being a PK and, and a lot of people will say, well, PKs are the worst. I guess. Especially when your parent is anointed, you know, <laughs> the enemy wants to do as much as he can to try to get you distracted so you don't follow down that that right. positive, that positive and I'm, path. And I'm glad you said that even when it came to how you said it started with something small, okay? Yeah. Which is how sin starts anyway. Start small Absolutely. and then it progresses and you get a little comfortable with that and then you move to something bigger and it's like, next thing you know, you robbing banks. Thank, thankfully, that was not your case. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because of your father's discernment. Um, but that's crazy because like a lot of uh, PK kids, um, they... They are out there. Okay. They yeah. are out there. And then it, it takes a minute for them to come back in because the enemy is like, when we open up that door to mm. the enemy, okay, now he's like, yes, I can put more in. And it don't just come with one. It comes with multiple. And then the next thing you know, you're doing a whole list of stuff that you're like, how did I get here? How did I Absolutely. allow myself to get here? Right. And so when did you realize like, okay, I have a calling on my life. Um, I need to stop playing around. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like for you? It, it it took a while. It took a while because that didn't even cover th that stealing was that was just a phase. Mm -hmm. Um and it was something that it what what the real wake up call was even that stopped me from that fidget Mr. Fidgety Fingers. Right. Uh um was getting caught at a tiger market in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Like we went in and it was something goofy. It was something stupid. And it's crazy how you get comfortable stealing all these big things, like hundred dollar high price items. Mm -hmm. It was actually two incidents got caught there. Um, and there was his cashier. Uh, I think I believe she was a sister and she, and we were walking, I was walking out and I was obviously on camera, didn't know it. And by the time I got out to the door, she came out and she said, empty out, give me a, a empty out your pockets. I was like, what you talking about? Stop. She was like, stop playing. You, you better be glad I ain't calling the police. Just empty out your pockets. So I gave it to her. That yeah. was one. The second time I was in Orlando, Florida, mm -hmm. and uh, where I spent some time, uh, lived out there. And uh, I got caught at a Walmart. And I had DVDs on DVDs. Like you were still were stealing like DVDs. Yeah, see DVDs were, see DVDs are see they were popping then. Like they they you know we don't know like if you can get your hand on a DVD now that's great. But try holler at me when you find a DVD player, okay? Uh, um, but I you know I got caught there and I um, ended up in the back of a police car. Wow. And I had a cousin that was with me and he was doing the same thing, but he got away. He somehow he convinced the police officer. Uh, and, and how I knew that this wasn't that wasn't my life mm -hmm. was because I was raised too right. Right. And the reason why I say that is because 
we were yes, ma'am, no, ma'am to the police officers. And they took that and they were like, well, you don't seem nothing like you. And they, and they started ministering to us. Wow. They were like, you better than this. Like, where, why are you, you don't have no history. Like you don't, you ain't never been to jail. Why are you doing like, what are you doing? I don't know. You know? And, and, and so, um, the police officer was so kind that it was like, are you hungry? I was in the back of the police car. I, I'm going to juvenile, juvenile detention center. He's like, are you hungry? I was like, nah, they, I, and they was, they stopped to get McDonald's. Right. Wow. On the way to while I was leading one, the other police car had my cousin in it and they, he didn't know how to get to my mom's house because my mom was in Orlando. So they followed uh, us there and he got there and, um, that was a funny story all by itself, how he was trying to explain to my mom where I was <laughs> and he in the house playing the game. Like, she's like, where's Willie? He was like, uh, um, uh, <laughs> he didn't know that if to tell her or not to tell her. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they found out where I was. And so she, my mom panicked and they came to get me. And my dad was like, nah, leave him there for a second. Wow. She called That's my dad. My, my dad was like, nah, leave him there. So I remember being there. I remember seeing other kids that, that, were in that way, that was their norm. Mm -hmm. This was not normal for me. And that made me think, okay, yeah, I can't. But I didn't really, to answer your question, I didn't really uh, know my call until I got way older, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, at 18, I wanted to be saved, I was saved, but I kept going back and forth to weed. Drink wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Drink was never my thing. It was, it was the weed like, and, and you know, the devil is always in it when he makes it easy for you to get it. Yes. Right. Like I think when, when you have a call in your life and he knows who you're supposed to be, he always makes it, he always makes things accessible. Mm -hmm. So I never had to spend money to buy weed. It was just people always, you, you want this, you want this? And I'm like, wow. well, yeah, what do they do that at? Who's giving away a whole <laughs> blunt? Like who's doing that? Yeah, sure. I'll smoke it, you know? And being so green, not realizing that it could have been laced. Mm. It, it could have been, it could have been laced with like, it could have been dipped in embalming fluid. It could have had, like, it could have had, you know, took me to a different place and, and wrecked my mind. But the prayers, the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. And I know that my dad was praying for me. And, uh, I remember as I got older, when I turned 18, he didn't condone the prom. Right. So I remember going to the prom when I was 18 and he was like, all right, you say, son, you can go, but you got to find your own way. I can't, I ain't putting no, uh, my hands off of it. And mm -hmm. so, uh, I remember going to the prom. I had a job. I was working at Kroger uh, <laughs> and, uh, I put all my little money. I had a nice little tux. I had a nice little chocolate tux with the, with the pink going on with the, I had some suede, you know, shoes and some nice little, uh, uh, socks with it. And I was clean, but I ain't had no date. So I was really just, <laughs> I was really just going just for the experience really. And so by the time when I was done being 18, <laughs> when I was done being 18, um, I just wanted to get it together. And then at the time, like I've been knowing my wife since we were 13. And so, uh, you know, it was just like, I wouldn't, we, me and my wife didn't talk at that point. She had already been in a relationship. I already had a child with somebody and all of that. And so I'm just out, I'm just out here. And now I got to the point where I'm tired of struggling. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of going through this. I'm tired of, I'm tired of, uh, trying to be somebody I'm not mm -hmm. because of everything that was going on, everything that was going to be quiet, Siri, everything that was going on around me. Um, I was trying to keep up. 
and the women that I were, the, the young ladies that I were, that I was attracted to, they didn't want what I, what I needed out of life, what I wanted out of life. And that was to be saved. That was to, you know, fully accept Jesus. And so I realized that at 19, 19 is finally, I knew that, that I couldn't run no more. <laughs> wow. But that's still yeah. pretty early though, because, you know, you, it really hit home because I have a son who's um, running from Christ and he's the oldest. And I was just speaking to the producer here, Doug um, Apple about that. I was like, it's crazy because he has his younger brother that follows him and does everything that he do. I mean, to a T from his Instagram name is exactly almost the same besides the last part. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so um, to hear like how, you know, the, about the prayers of the righteous because i'm not gonna lie that boy had me stand on my knees he got me praying he's got me fasting because sometimes i'm like lord i know if you pulled me up out of it i know you can pull him up out of it too so but he he's running hard mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. it's it's good to hear that you know the the strictness of your father because that's a pretty much how strict me and my husband is. We're pretty strict in our home about music, certain music being in there, certain movies being played from, car- let's not even talk about the cartoons that they have these days. Oh, I yeah. mean, like my daughter, she knows like, okay, I can't watch that. You know, I can't watch this. I can't do this. And she would tell even the teachers at the school, like I can't participate in that, especially mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you look into the history about a lot of this stuff and I'm not knocking anyone that does it, but, um, it's one right. of the things where if you look into the real history of where a lot of these holidays are coming from, it kind of gets you second guessing. And mm-hmm. then like, I try to tell my, my kids, it's like, we don't have to pick a certain day, you know, it can be any day out the year. You know, um, and that's one of the things that me and my husband do. He can he randomly just show up flowers or, hey, let's go do a date night or let's go do this. And it's like, that's how it should be. Instead of this one day, we making all someone else completely rich. Why are we over here getting losing money? (laughs) We basically losing money. But like I said, it's a nice gesture if people do do it. It's just one of the things that but don't get yourself consumed in it. Um, Right. And um, I'm going to say this last piece because my daughter, not my daughter, but my goddaughter, she was in like, uh, not going to say depressed, but she was kind of sad that she was seeing all these people getting stuff at school and she's mm-hmm. not getting anything. I said, see, that's when you're looking for it from the wrong intentions. Right. Um, and so let's just move forth with what it was for you once you... 18, 19 now, realizing you need Christ <laughs> and yeah. realizing yeah. like, OK, I got to stop running. What was the transition like for you? Well, at, because it started at 18 when, when I got tired, I remember having like this smoke party um, and I remember going to a party and these are two things that happen. Even though you know what you should be doing, even though you're being pushed to it, doesn't mean that that you're going to be completely free from temptation. Right. Now we have we have the ability and I always teach this all my lives that we always have the ability to say no. Right. Yes. It's actions like even in the garden i always bring up the garden because it started there yeah free will was always in existence that's that's how satan fell because there was free will of worship right until he didn't want to do it no more and then there was always free will of options that they had that adam and eve had of every tree in the garden except this one don't touch this one right <laughs> this one is special that's don't touch that one but but this you can have all of these, all the ones you see, like you can have all of those. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was something interesting, um, that 
I noticed in my life and in my walk with Christ early on and in, in, in starting to, to, to really see his grace and his mercy was when I was 18, after I, I had this smoke party, I, I was at a cousin's house, a family member's house. And um, I remember them inviting so many people over that I didn't even know. Mm. And we just had the weed in rotation, like two in rotation. It's about six of us. I ain't thinking about, okay, what? The sickness that anybody might have. Right. I, ain't, I ain't thinking about uh, just it being laced with anything. Because I believe it was like, four in all that ended up going around after the two got down to the roach size, you know, the, the little small, small size, right. we were still going. Mm -hmm. And then they introduced drink, right? And I I wasn't a, a, a drinker like that, but I had a little bit to drink, but it took that. And then it took that next event. I went to a party where I didn't know anybody with my, with the, with the family, with a cousin of mine. And she, we both, I remembered they had it was like an almost empty apartment only thing in there was a tv and like a couch mm. and they had kroger water bottles and there was nothing really in there, there was no option to drink anything right so the only thing they had was 100 proof vodka and it was the cheap stuff it was the real cheap vodka and i remember uh after we i smoked a little bit and then i began to drink and my cousin she she brought me uh, a bottle Mm -hmm. which looked like a bottle of water. So somebody that's high looked like a bottle of water. So I was getting ready to begin to chug this thing, but it was vodka. And I started drinking it. And she was like, yeah. Like, and she started egging me on. Like, yeah, you got it. You got it. And I started feeling more. I started beating on my chest. Nah, started <laughs> drinking it. Ah, like getting through it. Right. And the most annoying thing about a person there was this uh, one of her friends this young lady she looked she she was always annoying she wasn't really a, a, a ugly young lady but she was annoying but she started the alcohol was 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 getting the best of me back, back that right? up one more time <laughs> and, say and that. I didn't, you, you had phased out for a second so um okay you, you after you said the alcohol um you said she wasn't ugly and then yeah, start back there she, okay so she she wasn't she wasn't ugly but the alcohol started making me accept things right. like about her in general, just with a sober mind. <laughs> like, you know, where somebody's voice would be uh, 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 annoying. Mm -hmm. Everything that you didn't like about them goes out the window <laughs> when, you're, when you're not able to think soberly. So it's like, as I began, and I, I know it was the Lord that began to, I know it was the alcohol, but it was the Lord that was allowing uh, me to be saved by, uh, through, through, through what I was going through. And why is that? Because I probably would have slept with her unprotected a whole lot different right now if it had not been for me getting so drunk to the fact where i ended up throwing up mm. and they put me in the shower i began to like fade and it was it was it was guys and it was a couple girls there but it was a lot of guys but i didn't know anybody but my cousin mm -hmm. and when i tell you i woke up and and i was playing drums for another church i was playing at my dad's church but I was playing drum. I was playing keys at my dad's church, but I was playing drums for another church with a friend of mine. And, and what happened was I woke up that next morning on a Sunday morning. I was supposed to be there at 10 AM. Mm. I woke up at 11 and the church let me go. Wow. And I woke up in clothes that I did not go over there. Man. Mm. And I didn't feel violated. I didn't feel anything like that, but I woke up in some basketball shorts that weren't mine. Mm -hmm. And I had on a SpongeBob t-shirt. <laughs>
And when I tell you, they like my clo- the clock because I threw up in my clothes. Right. And I do remember, I do remember there were there were young ladies who assisted me in the shower. I didn't, I, I don't, I, I wasn't naked or anything, but they were afraid that I was gonna pass out and just like be gone mm-hmm. because I was just that twisted. And I just remember them asking me in the shower. They were like, talk to me. They were like tapping my face. Talk to me like, what's your name? What's your name? What should they ask me? Uh, what's my favorite basketball team? I said, the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I was gone. Yeah, I was gone. And and I remember laying down when I woke up, it was a couple people sleep. Mm-hmm. There's a couple people sleep. And I woke up and I was like, where's my phone? These folks washed my clothes. Wow. They hung them out to dry. They put my phone on the charger. They didn't bother my wallet. I still had my ID. I was without a job, but I I still had an ID. And the Lord just blessed me through that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was right then and there where I was like, okay, I got to do something different. So I gave my life to Christ, but it was still, it was still tough because I was still dealing it and and not really, not really having the desire to fully 1000% commit, right? Because everything else that kept rising up, I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it, you know? And so I found myself on the altar every Sunday. Until <laughs> <laughs> so you get it right. Oh, and you know, the, the crazy thing is I've been through that, that alcohol, because um, you could have gotten alcohol poison. You could not have, you could not have woken up from that. Because um, right. you already said you wasn't a drinker. You was a person who never really drunk like that. So that was right. pretty much like your first time ever getting drunk, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I remember one time, since we're talking about <laughs> talking about that, where I was so mad at a certain individual, <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, yeah, I'm a drink. You know, then they're going to have sympathy for me and then they're going to come yeah. help me. No, <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> the case. <laughs> I had I don't know if I remember what it's called. Remember this drink, but it was called Cisco. And um, I end up getting, and if anyone knows about that, it, it has a high percentage um, level. And for someone who's never drunk anything, never done anything like that, mm-hmm. I shouldn't probably even had a whole can. <laughs> but I think wow. I went and drunk like two back to back. And um, I remember waking up in a pool of throw up. I mean, I mm-hmm. woke up, beds drenched, I'm drenched, hair drenched. I'm like getting ready to puke more because of the smell and I'm trying to make my way to the to the bathroom. I mean, I couldn't even see it was so blurry. Yeah. Um and then the person was like, "Yeah, they heard me in there." And they didn't think twice to come check on me. They just left me. And looking back on that now, I was like, "Man, God, you could have taken me out in my sin. I that yeah. could have been my last time and I would have been in hell. Like I yeah. would not have made it up out of that just because I'm trying to prove a point <laughs> to someone, right, right, you know, right. and trying not to feel the pain that I was going through. See, mine's came from just because of pain. Yours just mm-hmm. came from just fun. Um, but it's it's almost the same thing. And I, we know there's other people out there that's in this situation, you know. Yeah. And then for me, after that, I became addicted to alcohol. So it was the opening mm-hmm. of um, alcohol for me, especially since I have a my, my family have a history. Um, of being alcoholic, um, yeah, alcoholics, and so it was one of them. Pe- one of them things where I opened the door for the enemy to come in, and then I became more tempted for it, wanting drinks more. You know, it was just crazy. Like you open up that one door, not even realizing mm-hmm. it's it's a generational thing. Sometimes you don't even realize that. Yeah. And so I just wanted to put that out there because I'm sure there's someone that's listening that may be dealing with some of that, and we wanted to make sure we shed some light that it's not the end. You got to, I know for me, I end up having to cry out to God. And one day I literally, it's like, 
it slowly tapered off to where it's been like six years now. <laughs> so, Amen. yeah, Amen. it's been about six or seven. You know, well, yeah, about seven years now. I say seven, about seven years now. And so, um, and it's it's a blessing. I don't have no temptations, no desires. <laughs> so, Amen. Glory to God. Um, and so after that church let you go uh, from drums, what was that like after that? What was your next steps? Just to just to get it right, you know, just to just to actually because see, it's so different now because I know what I know. Mm-hmm. And I know what I know because of my the Holy Ghost, of mm-hmm. course, that lives within and that opened my eyes to scripture so that I could see because when I got saved, see, it didn't even stop there. I think it got worse in a way because mm-hmm. while I was doing good, when I first got saved, 19 at at the I'll never forget it. And, and I'm a young man. Um 2009 new year's eve I, and i said this before um i was just tired and, and one of the things and, and hopefully when i say this because i meant to say this when you talked about how you have you have a son who's running hard now this is what my dad did that scared me that got me to be saved in the first place mm-hmm. he stopped talking to me about jesus yeah i've done that he just he just he just fr- like it just paused. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what time to be in the house, don't you? I said, yes, sir. He said, all right. And I was like, okay, where's the, <laughs> where's the rest at? Like we don't, and I probably went through that probably for about two to three months. I wrestled with him, not saying anything about the Lord. Mm. Just like, he didn't even say nothing about coming to church no more, being at church, make sure you at church, make sure you, de- make sure you, he didn't say nothing no more. And that scared me. Mm. That scared me. <laughs> and so I remember I was getting ready to, to link up with a, with a, with a young lady, um, New Year's Eve, uh, 2009. And I knew I had watch night service. We already know we all got watch nights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we going to praise them to about 3 a.m. And then we're going to go to IHOP. That's just the way that all, that's just the way that worked. And love you short. I just remember my dad praying for people and he said, Everyone lift your hands. And I remember lifting my hands and the power of God began to move right there. He was already in the room. I was playing the organ and I was just, and I just stopped. I just said, man, whatever. I lifted my hands and I began to speak in tongues. Like before I even, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I never did before. Wow. I never, I never, <laughs> like I got up off the organ. I just began to walk to the back of the church. And at that time we were in the middle of remodeling something that it was burned down. We had cleaned it out, gutted it out. It was concrete floors, brick floors and um, insulation, partly insulated, insulated uh, ceilings. And I just remember calling out to God and he was just touching me. Mm. And then there was something that happened even, even more when I got to the line, the prayer line before my dad even laid hands on me, I was already like, moving but i could not he could he did not make direct contact with me yet and mm-hmm. i already felt the power that was in him the the power of the lord that was in the room and it was cloudy and it was it was smoky it just it was just an overwhelming presence and so when he finally laid his hand on me i went out like a light and when wow. i got up when i got up i told the young lady i texted her i said i can't I, i'm not coming mm. i can't do it and i mean and she i mean she had been sweet up until this point <laughs> It called me all types of stuff in the book. We were supposed to Netflix and chill. 
<laughs> and, and I just literally, it wasn't in me no more. I didn't want to do it. Right. He's just, you know, like God came in and he just cleaned it up. Just yeah, moved it. The, des- moved the, the desire was gone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's amazing because it's like, it's because it, like for me, I was praying for God to take the desire away. But for you, right. it was like your, your dad was interceding on your behalf. So yeah. It's a blessing to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's but, like, see, but see, you know, you know, the key to that was, though, although he was praying, I still had to say yes. Yes, that's true. Like it, it, it was still my decision because he can't be saved for me. Right. It, although he was praying, his prayers weren't doing anything but opening the door for the Lord, making a way to make to to show me. Mm. And then from there, for me to see it in real life, I have now the ball is in my court. Yeah. Now I got to make the decision. Yeah, he was praying for me. But if I still decided, hey, I want to live this rough life or I want to pretend that I want to continue to go down this path because it feels good Mm -hmm. because that's what the weed was doing. The weed made me feel good. Right. I just got this. This is just a point in time where you just get tired of being high. Like I just was like, (laughs) this is exhausting. And then the fact that you can lose your job, they do a a test randomly, you know, and so there was just so much at risk. And I just began to think for myself, like my dad, like I can't, I can't keep going on like this. So, um, and the reason why I said that it got worse after that, there was a good, there was a good amount of time that I was good. But then after I got saved, um, you know, when you grow up Pentecostal, you're under this doctrine that teaches that um, after you're saved, you got to be filled. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you when you think that way it's easy for you to become very religious it's easy for you to become a pharisee yes and that's what began to happen after that 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 infancy stage of being a new believer right or not mm-hmm. just being a new believer but being uh but turning from my my wickedness right because i've been born again years prior I had I understood what it meant and as long as you understand what it means you're saved then you're reborn then Mm -hmm. but then if you live a life of sin you're a backslider which makes you a sinner again so you don't be born again you just repent right so it's at 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 that point yeah I began to see a shift you know uh and not noticing it because it happens without you even really paying attention to it you know and it takes you to have to go through things as a so-called uh holy ghost field fire baptized (laughs) It takes you to go through some things and forgot and to see God's grace, to see him have mercy on you for the things that you do when you are saved or when you call yourself a child of God speaking into all of that. I seen devil speaking to us. That's why that's why it's more (laughs) it's more than that that uh, has to uh, be the evidence of our changed lifestyle. Well, yeah. um, So. After all, everything, right? So you said you told the young lady, hey, I can't do it. She didn't, she showed herself, right? Mm-hmm. So um, what happened after that? Because I know you're married now. And so yeah. you're married with kids. When did that start about? Because you talked about in the beginning how your um, wife, she y'all was like 13 years old at first, yeah. and but you never really yeah. dated. So how did that come back around? So when around when, when we were 19. Okay. When we were 19 um and that was the time because i ended up breaking up with her before i started talking to the other young lady right <laughs> so my like this is before i even gave my life to cry or came back i wouldn't say give my gave my life to cry i've been and gave my life to christ but i was just in sin right right um and i was just like you know what i had been there and that's that premarital you know premarital 
uh, intimacy um, that I've already been there. I'm bored. Mm. And I, I, I want somebody new. I want, I want, I need, I need to start fresh. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I'm tired of being bogged. I'm too young for this. I'm too young to be bogged down. I'm too young to know what I want right now. You know what society tells us. And so, um, we didn't get serious until after when I gave my life to Christ, I had even went for another young lady who was in church, who was speaking into, who was doing all the things that I thought made you save. Mm-hmm. That proved that you had the Holy spirit yeah. because of what I was taught. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was fooled. I had been bamboozled because I didn't realize, Hey, the devil can speak in tongue too. Yes, he can. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I began to see some things about this young lady and I was like, she's crazy. <laughs> and so I, so I broke free from her and I was like, you know, sometimes it take, it takes you to, it takes you to, and if you're, if you're blessed enough to, to, to make it back, you yeah. know, but sometimes it takes you to leave mm-hmm. for you to understand that what you had was what you was where you supposed to be in the first place. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that's what, that's how we ended up getting serious is after I was like, okay, you know, you said you're and, not and, dealing with the crazy. <laughs> yeah, nah. Cause see, everybody got a type, and I and you know, you know, when you go for your type, sometimes your type will kill you. Sometimes yes. you're, 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 you can say that one type, more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your type will kill you. That's why I tell people all the time, like, hey, you got to learn how to because they S- Samson had a type. Yes, and and guess what he did? He tripped up every time, and Three it took his almost almost took his anointing. God gave it back to him in the end to finish the work, yeah. but. Yeah. His strength was snatched. Yes. Because he had a thing for Philistine. He had a thing for foreign women mm. that were not that that he already knew that a Nazarite, it, it was it was written in Exodus that God that his people, that God's people should not mix with the unholy race. Mm. Only because, not because of the not because of the skin color, but because they served other gods. And he had a thing for the foreigners. And so this is, and, it, and then we go into being unequally yoked. We talk about that in the New Testament, right? So it it, it was clear clear to me i was like yo this is crazy how look at jacob mm-hmm. jacob he didn't know that leah was was the one the whole time <laughs> he told he had somebody else who was able to have kids else, but there was yeah. a there was a leah yeah. a leah who was there the entire time and, and who was really for him yeah. you know so so yeah yeah and and i'm glad you said that just because of simple fact like i was that was me had a certain type mm-hmm. and then what i end up saying i said god you know what whoever you desire for me you know, yeah. I accept. And when I took my little my little list down of, you know, my ones, ain't nothing wrong with having a list, but right, right, right. we need to make sure it lines up with God's list. Because I realized <laughs> my type, I was running into a brick wall every single time. And then my husband came along. He was a complete opposite yeah, yeah, <laughs> of yeah. what I normally would um, go for. But then that first date was like, this is exactly what I need because he was already a man of God, already serving God, yeah. already serving in the church. And yeah. so it was like he he came in to fill those pieces that I needed because honestly, I was heading in the wrong direction. But right. with him and his his um, relationship that he had with God, mm-hmm. um, it, it opened me up to have a relationship with God. Then he was praying for me, didn't even know he was praying for me, fasting for me. And so stuff began to break off of me. But it's because yeah. I said, God, I I want whatever you want for me. Um, and so when it comes to your ministry, how can people reach you? Like if they wanted to get on your media, um, kind of tell us how they can reach out to you because um, I met you through TikTok. Um, I literally was scrolling. You know how you get on and you're just scrolling. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I think it was where it came up once and then I kept scrolling, but then you showed up again. I was like, okay, let me just listen. Okay. Cause some, that may, must mean I need to hear a message. But then right, as I was right. listening, I just heard God say, that's your next interview. And I said, yeah. okay, <laughs> because I say, this is his show, not mine. Um, yeah. You know, so then I end up reaching out to you. Then you end up saying yes to the interview. So thank you for for coming on because you know this is actually the first time I would definitely say where we talked about um, alcohol and you know um, weed and stuff like that because we got a lot of teens that is yeah. engaging in this right now, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully they can catch a glimpse of this um, when when they see it posted. So also I want for people who's listening who did not get a chance to listen in the beginning, I want you to understand that you can go onto my YouTube, Zakia Robinson, and you'd be able to watch this um live because I'm able to um record through Zoom. <laughs> that wasn't our first yeah. choice, but it is right, what right, it right. is. <laughs> and so right. you'll be able to um see the um the actual visual of this. And so tell us briefly like how can people reach you in your ministry? Oh, easily. So we're on TikTok uh, at Pastor Will underscore. Uh, and if you uh, go over to YouTube, you can do the same thing. YouTube has handles now. So uh, you can find us at the handle at Pastor Will underscore. Um, also, our ministry is at, at creationchurch.online. So any of those platforms, we also have our own mobile app uh, as our ministry uh, it is Creation Church app and how people find it. I often tell people the way you find it uh, is through just when you click on it, there's a blue emblem with the little Creation Church logo. That's kind of hard to see. We got to we got to do something about that, but it's kind of <laughs> hard to see. But if you tap on the app, you'll see me in frozen poses of preaching and no real thumbnails. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, there are just all across those different platforms, you can find us. And I'm also on in Instagram at uh, I am Pastor Will. So, yeah. All right. Well, perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and just continue to keep doing what you're doing. Cause it's like, I don't know if you minister to young men, but you have a story to, to reach out to young men. Um, that's just what I see. <laughs> Cause yeah. you've done a lot, you know, you experienced a lot and that's exactly what a lot of these young men need to hear. And so, Absolutely. um, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show. Again, this is Pastor Zachary Robinson with Pastor Will, and we are out and hope to see you on the next show. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer chained. I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained, delivered, set free and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Thank you so much for tuning in to Be The Light. If you are looking for a life coach or maybe you're looking for some inner healing, please visit BeTheLight.Live. Again, that is BeTheLight.Live. And you can also follow us on YouTube for a replay of this show at Zakia Robinson. Be blessed. My name.